Welcome to the Marketing for Greatness podcast, where professionals and entrepreneurs from all around the world come to learn expert level marketing and sales secrets. We believe in the power of knowledge. We give you what you love to receive when you're craving for great content. Real, clear, and specific actionable items with inspiration to take action. Here's your host, Jessica, and this podcast is going to teach you everything you need so you can activate your greatness. Yay. Greatness activated. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of the Marketing for Goodness podcast. Oh, this is me, Jessica, and today I am actually having the honor to have Katie Gibbons with me. And guys, I just want to let you know you get ready to write notes because what happens with Katie is it's one of these people that she has so much wisdom. And you will see, you know, you will learn more about her, but she has so much wisdom. And every time we speak, I'm like, hold on one second. Let me just write this down because there's <laughs> another quote. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely want to give you some wisdom and clarity. I know that you guys want to know the most asked question. How do I get more followers? And with me, Katie, is today so that we can help you demystify the whole process from, yes, you want more followers, but what we know is that you don't know what you don't know, and you say it as, I want more followers, but I can tell you that it's not what you want. It's actually, you might need a little bit more than just more followers. (laughs) It is. (laughs) so um before we dive in i definitely want you know to let katie share with you guys her story is is very 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 interesting because katie and i have a very similar path we did not go to school to do what we are doing today in fact i believe that if she was talking to the college girl of herself she would say you're crazy if you're thinking that you're going to go to school put a lot of effort work very hard to get straight a's and graduate and have that career and then you look at your life today and you're like what were you thinking and all that effort where did it go so uh katie yeah let's let's share with them that change of career um moment because i know that a lot of people can benefit from that especially many people questioning um if they are in the right path i know that at some point in life you had to question that and i i personally questioned that as well how was that moment for you Well, I think um, for me, I think that moment was not a moment in the sense of it was automatic. I think it was a moment that lasted um, during for a duration of a season, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I had spent nearly 18 years in the finance industry um, as a corporate banker and I was really, I would say I was at the top of my game. Uh, I was, um, I was considered an expert in my field. I had clients that, that trusted me that I led, you know, through all different sorts, uh, all different ways in their banking from investing to lending to all of the things, um, personal clients, corporate clients. So I was having a lot of fun. 
until I wasn't having any more fun. And what I mean by that is there was a point in time where I felt like something was just missing. And the way that I dealt with that was that I continued to try to just climb the ladder and go higher, or I switched companies that I worked for. So perhaps, uh, you know, I started feeling like, ah, oh, something's just not right here. So I would make uh, the career decision to, to pivot and to go work for, a, for another employer. Um, what I realized over the course of a season um, was that I think what I was missing, um, I could not have found at another employer. I could not have found doing the things that I was doing. So when I had an opportunity to kind of go out um, for a new adventure, my husband had gotten an opportunity to uh, transfer with his company and we moved 500 miles away from home. And I thought, this is it. This is the moment where I have to quit my job. I have to quit the nine to five and let's just see what this new adventure um, means for us. And I sit here today, two years later, and I have learned a lot and it has been a very, um, bittersweet time because I've been able to do and experience things that I would have never experienced before. But you know, in, in speaking, you and I speak quite often about this, there is that sense of identity that you leave behind um, that constantly makes you question, did I do the right thing? Should I have stayed? Is this right? And so I, I believe it's that, that identity that we hold on to um, when we've forged a path and we've gone on a journey for me that was to do the typical go to college graduate four years you know find a career buy a house get married have children buy the dog do the thing and then go well is this it is this the only thing that I was supposed to be doing and then to realize I think there was something more and um, now I have to to make that change so that is, that's actually, it's, it's interesting the way that you share and it's, it's very similar. So in the past, when I have seen my journey on, you know, my transition, I just will say it's kind of in phases. Phase one is the bug. You know, you understand like that bug when you have something mm -hmm. in your heart and there's something like it, this is not adding up. However, I believe that when you have that bug, very few people will act upon that because you think that, wait, I I'm, I'm not really doing all this work to quit. I'm not a quitter. Right. Exactly. So me, I, I would refuse to listen to that bug, but the second step of that process, it's opportunity. Opportunity shows up, sadly, in most ways with challenges. And sometimes when it's time for you to evolve, to go to the next season in your life, something is going to happen that you sometimes need to do a U-turn in life. To me, that was the mortgage crisis back in 2008. Well, I had no choice but to just really open my life and my opportunities to, you know, explore, you know, open myself to opportunities. It seems like in your case, your husband's change of career or opportunity was kind of the excuse or the gateway for you to say, okay, here we go. Let me just try. 
Exactly. Right? And my and that that um kind of burning feeling inside, you know, I talk about it being that little voice that says, This is it, here's your chance. Uh, we took that and and the type A person that I am, I said, Okay, um, Katie, you have six months. You can take off for six months. You can take off for uh -huh. six months and you you've got to figure it all out in six months. And so what happened was um, when I was not figuring out what my purpose needed to be in that six months, I started going back out of fear and trying to do the thing that I always knew how to do, which was, well, I'll just put my application and I'll be a banker again, right? There's a bank on every corner. I'll just put my application. I can always go back to banking. And I, I you know, interestingly enough, I never could get back into banking for one reason or another. And uh -huh. that's when I finally decided to just say, you know, that was a phase of my life, right? That was a part of my life. I'm very thankful for it. I met some amazing people, worked for some amazing companies, but it is okay to just leave it in that phase and not feel like you have to take it with you throughout your whole journey. Life can be broken up into various pieces and, and parts of the journey. And so that's kind of, I think, where I find myself now, I would say, probably a lot of people listening today would say that's maybe even where the pandemic has taken them um, in their own journey yeah. in their own path, you know, kind of questioning what it what is that burning desire inside? And what do I do about that? Yeah, yeah. So going back to, to the steps, right? First step is the bug. Second step is opportunity. And the third step is actually acceptance. I think it takes a long time for for people, you know, for any any human being that is going through a process when you are losing an identity and you're allowing yourself to turn into a new person. Um, and this applies to many, many things in life. You know, when you think about it, um, you know, when you become, you know, me being through a divorce before, accepting that identity, now I'm going to be a single mom. You know, somebody that is, is losing a family member that had played a significant role in their life. Well, grieving, right? That, that process of accepting new things, it is a process on its own. So I think that if you go back to transitioning from your career to accepting entrepreneurship, and not only that, it's 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 saying okay i'm going to be an entrepreneur but i'm not going to be selling a product i'm going to allow myself to be an inspiration for people and then serve people because i'm going to chase my calling and my passion that's that's a different ball game uh would you agree with me that it would be easier if you would just choose to sell a product but when you're not selling a product you're actually if you think about it you are you need to be a magnet for, for people first before then uh, offering them like a service. And that creates a huge challenge for many people because how can you go out and put yourself out there and market yourself when you personally, you're not sure of who you are. And I know that you and I have been working on that. It's, it's going to be a year. And it's, mm -hmm. it's so amazing to see how the fears have turned into uh, the possibility. And I'm not saying that we don't want to go into a point where we are like, I'm done because I'm personally, I'm not done. And I've been in this journey for more than 10 years, but 
as you turn off a little bit the volume of that fear and then turn on the volume of a voice that says, maybe you can, you have nothing to lose. What if? <laughs> Talk to me yes. about that. How, how did that happen for you? You know, when were you able to say, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to accept my, my possibility and my hope. And what if, what did you tell yourself? Well, I first had to unwind all of the, um, I would say the damage done by having to check the boxes, right? Having to cross off the list, like in order to be, um, to have this profession, I have to go to school and become the expert. Then I have to work at it for 10 plus years in order to, to feel like I'm adding value for the people that I serve. Right. And so we, I think, are accustomed to this. When, when you reach all of these steps, then you can be crowned and, you know, the, the expert in, in whatever field you're in. So for me, I had to stop thinking that way. I had to accept that there were, there was a lot that I can offer uh, my audience and a lot that I can offer in terms of value for other people. And I didn't have to go to school to do that. I didn't have to take certain courses. And, you know, when you follow your passion and when you are feeling like you're in your calling or your purpose, then I think we have to get very comfortable um, accepting that and rising to the occasion. And I think that's the hardest part for so many people is that they want someone else to tell them that, that they are the ex that they're now the expert and we're waiting for that confirmation. And so what I've found is that if I continue to wait for that confirmation, I will never have the motivation to just act and to move forward and to live, live out that purpose. That's, that's great. That's perfectly said. You know, the way I say it is, you know, you have to be okay with having a hundred percent chance to fail. You have to be okay with that because what I have found out is that very often you say, well, um, that's not my passion. I'm not that like that. I have never been a good uh, English person student I was not I was never a math person I think we use a lot we use as a reference our performance in school but we forget that in adult life that really doesn't work like that anymore so you cannot truly say or, or base your passion upon the things that you have done because the interesting part about growing and and experiencing life it, it is actually in the journey of discovering new things. So how can, how do you know if you're not passionate about podcasting, if you had never tried it? How do you know if you're not going to be passionate about being on camera, if you never do it? So when, when you allow yourself to fail hundred percent of the chances to fail and you try, then you can feel the little, the little uh, butterflies in your stomach and you're like, Oh, that was fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. that was yeah, and I feel like when you start using that language, like, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Really, when you start to become very aware of, the, of, of what you're finding yourself enjoying doing, then I think that's where 
you can kind of begin to feel where is that passion taking me? Where is that purpose taking me? Um, I think that so many people, particularly when you've mentioned about video camera, you know, being in front of a video or doing podcasting, they're like, well, I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I look, right? So we all, we come to the table with these filters and with these blockages. And, you know, one of the things that I've really, you know, been so appreciative of you helping me to do is to kind of unlock some of that negative self-talk and say, what if? What if we do this? What are the possibilities? So what if you fail? What does that what does that matter? What does failure mean in the big scheme of things? And I think, you know, as a parent, we teach our children so often, it's okay to fail. It's okay to not get it right 100% of the time. But when we have to, to really, you know, heed, you know, heed that warning or take that wisdom, it's harder for us to do that. And I think we have to kind of get comfortable with making mistakes, um, failing, trying something, having it not be successful to really figure out what is next for us. Right. So, Will, that, that takes me to think that when people say, I want more followers, and I say, you do not want more followers until you're ready to claim your identity and then get over yourself. Because when you are attracting people, you need to understand that, and you have heard me saying this over and over, um, whenever you want more, you have to think that in order to get more, you need to become more. So how do you transfer or translate that? What does becoming more mean to you? And how did, how did you process that like how did you implement that process of becoming more let's talk about maybe maybe getting new habits maybe you got to change a couple of things that truly enable you uh your mindset to say okay I i'm going to do this i think uh for me i think becoming comfortable with uncomfortable mm -hmm. right so you and i have talked quite a bit in the past about you know, I, I miss being an expert, an expert in my field, right? I have now, I'm, you know, turned 40 years old this year. And so I really thought in my mind that at 40, right, I should have it all figured out. And I should know how to do all of the things. Well, you know, people who are past 40 will go, well, that's, that's silly because, you know, that never happens. But for some reason, that was in my mindset. Um, so I had to be comfortable learning again. Um, being the apprentice, not, um, not knowing how to do everything. And, and really when you switch careers or you, or you turn from, you know, working for a company to being an entrepreneur, there's so many new things that you have to learn how to do. And you almost feel like a baby just trying to, to start to walk, you know, for the very first time, it's uncomfortable and it feels um, a little unsteady. And so, realizing that part of growth and part of, of kind of claiming who you are and finding that passion is really about being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable um, until you can just try it and learn it and, and figure it out along the way. Right. Right. Then um, the next part of the, how to get more followers, because I know that a lot of people actually they're, they're asking me on the IGTV, like, can you say it? Can you say, how is it that I can get a thousand new followers? I can, I can actually, you know, spill over the recipe for getting a thousand followers. Actually it's a recipe that 
I have given Katie and she's, she's about to implement the whole thing. We just have to be careful and she hasn't really implemented until she's very clear on mm -hmm. how is she going to put herself in the market? How is she going to, to say, well, this is who I am and how is she going to be comfortable by making a commitment to share content for people? Because let's think about this, guys. Um, wanting to have a thousand followers, it's not about accounts. You're talking about impacting humans. There's a difference, right? If you want to have a thousand machines <laughs> to check up a number so that your ego is okay and you're like, okay, I just want a thousand followers so my account doesn't look in zero, you're just basically better at buying a thousand followers for yourself at $10. And if that makes you happy, that's great. But you just need to understand that's not really going to impact your business. More importantly, it's not going to impact your mission. Because if you're truly interested in changing people's lives, you are then going to be more responsible. I think that with giving you followers, it is, it's also giving you the responsibility of you're going to add value in these people's lives. Now, let's talk about your niche because I think that's, that's definitely part of the formula for anybody that wants to express a pathway to get more followers. Niche marketing is important. We have taught these, especially in my book, Your Social Visibility Blueprint. We talk about niche marketing as an, as an essential to get more followers, to get an audience and to build an audience very fast. I personally believe that Instagram is the number one platform this day to build an audience because it's so easy to reach out to people, but you cannot just put any content out there. Niche marketing allows people to find things that they have in common. And it's almost like going back to high school when you had that bestie and you were sharing information and you're like, hey, this is what I'm eating today. This is what I'm going to be wearing. And at some point, those conversations are just natural. And that's the way that you can engage with people. That's what we call social selling. You engage with people and you earn their trust. Until then, you can have followers left and right, but you will not have an audience. And that's what we want to be very clear when we teach this process um, to make the distinction between do you really want followers or do you want an audience? Are you ready to influence a thousand people? So let's talk about Kitty, your new niche, and uh, what's what's uh, how how did you come up with that idea, and how are you finally willing to say, okay, I'm going to get over myself and I'm going to produce content? <laughs> yes. So uh, you know, Jessica and I work on various projects together um, as a business consultant. Uh, you know, I work with with businesses and various projects. But my, my new project, which I'm going to call my passion project, my purpose project, um, is really to serve the heart of a homeschool mom. So in addition to, um, you know, all of the things we've talked about, you know, in regard to my personal journey, one of the things um, in the last couple of years that I have realized um, was that I had a calling um, at home, and that was to educate um, initially, it was my special needs son to educate him at home, to bring him out of the public school system. So I am a homeschool mom. Since I brought my younger one home, I brought my older middle school child home to teach. And so now that we find ourselves in a place 
um, where school is the big topic of the day, in-person, virtual, remote learning, distance learning, homeschool, do I homeschool? I know that there is a there is a, an audience out there of moms who really need to know that they can homeschool their, ch their child. Um, and so I, I am seeking to serve that mom. And again, that's when we talk about um, niche marketing. Uh, in, this, in, in this instance, it's really talking to and serving a niche audience and being very clear about who that audience is. So whether we do that in the form of nonprofit, of uh, in terms of influencing or to create you know business opportunities i think you have to get very clear about who is your target audience who are you speaking to because like you said you could have a thousand followers on instagram but if they really don't have an interest in what you're talking about then you just become someone else out there in the crowd who's making a lot of noise so i think the key is to get a really good, solid vision around who are you speaking to and who do you serve. And I think when you can get very clear about that, then it doesn't matter, in my opinion, if you have 500 followers, 1,000 followers, 5,000 followers, if you have an audience that wants to hear what you have to say, um, sometimes the smaller the better, simply because they're going to be an engaged audience for you. And so I think we should take the shift off of, you know, we should shift from, from, we just need a huge audience to we need a captivated plugged in audience. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's what you've been able to help me understand to identify. And then how do you build content for that audience? And I, I could say everything I want to say in the world, but if it isn't of interest to my audience, then no one will be listening to so creating content for a specific niche audience really is, I think, and I believe you would say the same, it's really the first place to start. Yeah, well, and actually, the first, the step before that one, which is I have on my notes, is I think that many people believe that they can start online and they can just generate their, their users and all the ideas and then test online. In my opinion, and I know that you did this, I think that conversations offline are going to be your main validators of your value. I, I say this and I, I, have, I have tested this over and over and over, which is why, in fact, when I, when I went to, um, to Open Marketing for Greatness, before that, I was, I was in direct sales. So I actually did not have a captive audience that was interested in learning marketing. I knew for a fact that me coming from nothing and coming from zero and then train people on marketing without having real friends and real connections, it was going to be harder. So what I did was just went out. I did networking groups. I did networking events. I met people. Then I invited those people to join my accounts. That's why today we have the group, we are, you know, crossing 5,500 people. And then once I, I switched to, uh, from Facebook to Instagram, we quickly grew 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. I'm at the point that I, I'm not really putting that much effort. And that's why I'm shifting this month to that, to keep growing my following, because I, I just really believe that 
you have to be very conscious about the connections and the relationships. And I believe that offline is very, very important because if you are not having the conversations, how are you going to create content? So you're a great example for that, of that process. Talk about the interview that you got in one of the partnerships that you actually scouted out, getting a partnership with a homeschooling curriculum uh, company that actually you're saying that you're starting in a quote unquote with a new audience. In fact, you're starting, but you're not starting in zero. Thanks to those collaborations that you have been doing offline and your Facebook group as well. Talk about that. Yeah. So a lot of what Jessica, you know, what you're talking about and what you helped me to kind of focus on is to understand the, the pain point of of the audience, right? To understand what needs, what specific needs they have and how your level of knowledge can help them solve a problem. And, and I think that is what happens in the offline is you really get an opportunity to see what the need is and then how you can step up and address that need. And so for me in the homeschool community, it's, it's moms who are looking for answers on what curriculum do I choose? What, what does a homeschool schedule look like? How long should I be, you know, how long, how many hours a day do I homeschool? How, how am I, you know, am I, am I doing okay? How do I measure my success as a homeschool parent? So all of those things are conversations that are happening offline or in a Facebook group or in a smaller segment, which allows me to say, oh, I've heard this question before. I'm seeing it over and over and over. I, I have the answers. Let me create content to be able to help my audience with their specific need. And so that's where we're shifting from. I just have this huge audience where I'm, you know, I'm just trying to gain attention to, hey, I am a problem solver and I can, I, because of what I do, because of what I know, because of what my business is, I can help solve that problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that actually reminds me of a part of my book where I, I share a formula to calculate what is your visibility baseline. So um, I know that we have not rehearsed this, so it's okay if you take a while to get this information, but I know that you have some ideas from top of your head. So for example, in your case, um, we don't even need to go through your entire contact list. Um, I can actually say that you do have a baseline for that niche market that you want to market with just three things that I know that you have been doing. For example, how many moms do you have in your Facebook group that they want to talk about homeschooling? Uh, I think about at least 250 at this 250. point. Perfect. That's how, an, and it's a new, it's a brand new group, right? So exactly. it started from, from nothing. How many subscribers Essentials in Writing, which is a company that shouted you out and gave you a position um, as an authority mom, you know, and blogger in their, in their blog, how many subscribers do they have? Oh, it's in the hundreds of thousands, correct? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's way up there. <laughs> more yeah. than I could ever do, more than I could ever <laughs> imagine on my own at this point. Yeah. How many people have watched the video that they shared with your story? About thousands. Thousands of shares, yeah, thousands of views. So we can say, and how many people have subscribed in just the very first week when you launch your newsletter? 
we had 50 in a, in a weekend, just, yeah, you know, exactly. mm-hmm. so without hesitation, we can say that you're opening an, a new marketing in Instagram marketing channel, but your baseline, it's already easily a thousand people that have heard your name and have identified that you can help them with their homeschool needs, which is your niche market. Correct. Correct. And yes, that's it's a, great. That's a great yeah. way to start. Even though your account today might look like, oh, you have just a few, a few dozens of people. Well, make no mistake. All she needs to do now is just ask those people who already respect her in a niche audience to say, hey, guys, follow me here. And you're done. <laughs> right. Right. And so I think sometimes we do focus so um, so sharply on the number uh, on our Instagram profile of, yeah. of followers, but we, we really don't understand sometimes the reach. And, and again, we go back to those collaborations and those partnerships were formed offline, yes. right? And it's thinking and, it, and it's working smarter, not harder. And so even with, you know, even with multiple Instagram followers, not all of them are in my target audience. And so by, by having those partnerships and collaborations, we really are able to find a more captivated audience who, who exactly. want to engage with the content that, that we're providing. Exactly. So I hope that they're taking notes because the formula to get a thousand followers is not what they think. The formula to get a thousand followers right away, it's not online. It is offline, but before you have the courage to go bold offline and have conversations with a hundred percent chances that you will fail, well, that's a lot of work in the mindset arena. <laughs> yes, yes, right. You have to be able to get over yourself. So yeah. I don't know that anyone is an expert at that fully, but but we're working on it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, you heard that, guys. You heard Katie Gibbons today. Um, if you are a mom and if you need uh, strategies to survive your homeschool, Katie, you know, it's not a survival. She's actually a happy mom in, in the homeschool arena. She's not a, an expert, and we don't claim expertise here, right? We are just people living and people sharing. I think that that, that goes for, for, me, for myself as well. I don't want to call myself an expert. I can only share what has worked with me and for me. And, you know, maybe, maybe next month we can say, hey, Katie, you know, it's not offline. There's actually a new method that you can have 100,000 followers. All of them are going to come and love you and respect you. I don't know. I have been here for 12 years and I haven't seen that quite. <laughs> quite yeah, a- I think we're kind we're, we all kind of want that viral takeoff, right? We yeah. all, we all <laughs> want to go viral at some, at some level. And, you know, I think for me, when I began, I started to see some growth. It's when I stopped thinking about um, myself and what I wanted for my business. And when I put the focus on truly how, how can I make an impact for yeah. other people and, and what can I do to help them along their journey? And, you know, if it gets me some followers, great. But at the end of the day, I have a heart to serve. And I think what I've seen in, you know, the entrepreneurial world is that when business owners really come to the table and want to serve their customers well, mm-hmm. the followers do come. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
you need you need to have a full table and in order to do that you have to be able to have what you are going to give to somebody we cannot have what we don't we cannot give what we don't have that's that's for sure well time is almost over and i'm super excited to share this this piece of wealth of information with all of our friends and definitely their friends that um need some inspiration to pivot who need inspiration to make the move who need some inspiration to activate their greatness but for those moms who want encouragement i know that you have some planners in the making tools yeah. in the making and it's super hot right now so what is your website so the listeners can just go out there and then see your gifts and your bonuses and all of that where do yeah, they go? so i very easily it's www.katiegibbons.com or you can find me on instagram at katiegibbonsatx there you go. Is there anything that we're missing, Katie, before we go out? I think, I think you hit it. I, for me, you know, when I, when I read your book, the, your visibility blueprint, um, I, I think what's really helpful is, you know, you provide so much uh, good content, you know, done for you, plug and play, you know, follow this easy to do content for Instagram. But before that, you really talked about a lot of what we talked about today, which is to gain clarity and to, you know, kind of look at your purpose and niche marketing and social selling. And so it is a very easy, short weekend read where you can, you can get started on it. And, and I think that it will really help other business owners really kind of dial into what they need when they say, I want to get more followers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said it. I could not put it in better words. Mm -hmm. Guys, you had you had us today and I hope you enjoy. Please feel free to send any questions you have, any comments. And uh, for now, we're going to check out. But anything that you want to hear in our episode, in our content, you know, as always, you know, feel free to ask. And we're just going to say goodbye. This episode of the Marketing for Greatness podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more expert level marketing and sales secrets. Don't forget to visit our website, marketingforgreatness.com. The Greatness blog produces fresh content all the time. Make sure you allow notifications to get updates immediately.